Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Full house today, as it should be after a crazy, fun-filled weekend. We got Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, and back from Europe, Jake Dicker. Jihei, I will start with you. How are you doing, my friend? I should feel awesome, or you guys should be feeling awesome. Yeah. Congratulations to the USC Women's Beach Volleyball Program. There we go. Three in a row national titles. That's insane to me i don't know if anybody's ever done that before um, by the way ga never before in women's sports at usc which i was amazed by when you think of their amazing women's hoops track and field the first women's program in usc history to win three straight five total uh, just an amazing run but yes yeah the nurse twins are sick they're yeah. ridiculous they're so great i can't wait to watch them um maybe in the next year or two after they graduate uh, from grad school for uh, to join the AVP tour because they're amazing. They're incredibly fun to watch. So very looking forward to that. Um, yeah, congratulations on that. Congratulations on getting Bronny. Talk to yeah. Andy. He said he, he, he's very happy, excited. Yeah, I mean, listen, USC Hoops is going to go from um, really struggling to get people to go to games. Now... Los Angeles is like this. A, I think they will be a good team on the court. B, it is a place where you want to go see celebrities. And I'm telling you, with Bronny James there, uh, of course, like LeBron's going to be there. A lot of his celebrity friends are going to be there. I mean, that's going to be a hot ticket on campus. Uh, Brandon, let's go to you next. I mean, uh, USC, the center of the collegiate sports world right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I said this a few months ago that once I knew uh, UCLA was – you know, losing Bailey, Hawkes. I mean, Jake, are they are they getting Bona back? No, is he, is he entering the draft? I don't you know? think so. I mean, he declared for the draft. He didn't sign with an agent, so he like maintained okay. his eligibility. But I would, it, I would be surprised if he came back. So yeah, so I think at least for one year, I do think USD is going to be better than UCLA at basketball next year. And uh, someone told me a few weeks back that it was my friend Wyatt. He was saying that Reese Sticks and Waters was in the transfer portal. And it had to be for Bronny coming to USC because Reese wanted to play the two and Enfield must have told him, you know, we're, we're having Bronny come in, something like that. Or it was getting close because he, he entered the transfer portal and they're going to have uh, Boogie Ellis coming back, one of the best scorers in the country. You're going to have Vincent. He's going to get a full year healthy. Um, Kobe Johnson had a good freshman year. I mean, this is a USC basketball team specifically just that we know how good the football team is going to be. If they can score 75 points per game, they're going to win the national championship. <laughs> you know, they have no defense, but the Georgia transfer helps. 
We know they're going to win 10 plus games, USC football. It's not about that. USC basketball going to be a top 25 team next year. Really looking forward to that. And Isaiah Collier, of course, is excellent. Um, and yeah, just the women's sports. Congratulations to the beach volleyball team. Pretty dominant in that area. I know water polo, they've been dominant in the past um, in female sports as well. Golf, all that stuff. So uh, congrats. And Juju Watkins as well. So they're going to be really good at basketball next year too. So excited for it. Armani Buckets, if there was a, a wager, if there was a line at Circus Sports about the first topic we would talk about, it would not be USC uh, <laughs> Women's Beach Volleyball and Bronny James. Big stories, no less. I know what you were focused on this weekend. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, congratulations. As Jihei started that sentence, it got further and further away from where I thought it was going. <laughs> <laughs> congratulate you guys, but... Awesome uh, weekend for for LA sports, and I mean for for me for USC as a casual ba uh, college basketball watcher, that's definitely going to attract my attention towards the sport. So I'm excited to see where it heads to next season. Uh, Jake, back from Europe at a perfect time. I do not think you expected the Lakers to be two wins away from the conference finals uh, when you were out in Europe, my friend. What is it like to be back? It's uh, it's definitely very weird. I had a uh, 21 hour travel day yesterday. Um, got off the plane. This was my first stop. Oh, um, in and out. You got to in and out. Got to do it. Yeah, I got, got got some in and out. Then came back. Went immediately to sleep. Um, woke. I've been up since about like four in the morning. My my internal clock is all thrown off. But um, I was really hoping that the Lakers weren't going to be down three zip in this series when I got back and we're up two one. So I just I like being here when the games and not not that every playoff game doesn't count. But you know when you're down three zero, it's kind of a little different field than you know if the game is is a little more competitive than that. But it's uh it's good to be back. I'm excited. I'm only here for a couple weeks and then I'm off to New York. I'm kind of just all over the place. But uh, but it's good to be back. All right, we have to start here because this is, uh, you know, depending on where you are tuning in, if you're in Hawaii, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, uh, it's Lakers and Warriors. That is the focus of uh, that region and of the sports world, perhaps, today. The Lakers amazingly in a position to take a commanding 3-1 series lead. Scott Foster is the official. And that, listen, to me, uh, unless you're Chris Paul or Chris Paul's teammate, you, you, you can really talk about this and what that means. I don't think it's a big thing. We'll talk about that. But here's the, the amazing thing. What the Lakers have done at home, uh, we need to talk about, guys. I mean, they have not lost at home till there'd be a terrible loss at the end of March to Armani Bucket Chicago Bulls. Outside of that loss, that was their last loss at home. Not only have they not lost at home since the end of March, they have won their last two postseason games at home by a combined 70 Points. That's right. They closed out the Memphis Grizzlies, won by 40, and they beat the defending champions to take a 2-1 lead in Game 3 and beat them by 30 points. Armani Buckets, I know you have a lot to say, but uh, we've debated, gone back and forth about this team. What they're doing defensively, the way they're playing as a team, and again, it's the Anthony Davis, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, roller coaster. If Davis shows up tonight, and the Lakers find a way to win this. I mean, I, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with myself if they're off to the conference finals. Uh, your thoughts on a game three and going into what's going to happen tonight here in game four. It's no secret that I am rooting for the Golden State Warriors in this series. <laughs> so, yes, there is bias in my analysis, but 
I really thought they had it going into that second quarter and then it all fell apart. It has nothing to do with the officiating. Everybody that, you know, is a Golden State fan that is saying the free throw discrepancy, it's all because of the style of play. What it has to do with, in my opinion, was the Warriors just self-imploding, just constant turnovers. Some of that is caused by Davis's pressure at the rim and, and how amazing he is. But I just, I couldn't believe how they self-imploded because there was a moment there where Steph Curry had Clay Thompson in fat, on the fast break and they don't uh, connect on that pass. That would have put them up by 13, and it felt like they had all the momentum in the world. And after that moment, the Lakers, kudos to them, just went on a crazy, I think it was a 22-2 run, um, and it was just too much for the Warriors to overcome. That third quarter for the Lakers, when they have a, a little bit of a cushion, a 10-point lead, that's when their defense is the scariest. If you're Golden State, you have to find a way to maintain a five to 10 point lead early on, because when the Lakers play with an advantage, it is like, it is impossible to score on them. Anthony Davis really excels in those moments. So, and by the way, no more Jordan Poole, please. And no wow. more Dante DiVincenzo. And this is the thing that was scaring me from the beginning of the series, from a Warriors perspective, play your defensive minded players against the Lakers. Stop playing these guys that are too frail and skinny because LeBron and Anthony Davis, this is a physical team. You need physical, physically capable players like Gary Payton, Moses Moody, and Jonathan Kuminga. Let's see if Steve Kerr actually has the courage to make those changes. Brandon, from the moment you joined the show a year ago, you've said defense. If the Lakers are to turn things around, defense will be how they or, or where they're going to have to hang their hat. Obviously, that, that wasn't the case for the past year and a half. Uh, but when they made the changes that they made and they brought in the players that they did and they bought in, they've been the best defensive team in the league, which has put them in the position that they are in right now. However... What have you seen these last two games when they've played at home? Again, the level of defensive intensity they showed to close out the Grizzlies and to blow out the Warriors in game three, I have not seen that from this team. Yeah, no, I think part of it is being at home, having the crowd behind them, knowing that if they're 10 points down, they'll still, you know, they're still at home and have the crowd on their side. If you're 10 points down on the road, it's another story. It's tough to win in at Chase Center because, you know, that place is tough to play. Um, again, best defensive rating in the playoffs, the Los Angeles Lakers so far. And I think it's because of the switchability. Um, they have a lot of guys that are switchable wings and guards. And Darvin Ham has made adjustments because in game two, they weren't switching. They were staying right on. I made the, Grant and I did our whole podcast, our last BSD podcast on this, breaking down film. They were just having Schroeder, whoever was guarding Clay or Curry at the time on court, because I think Vanderbilt was off the court, who was... Uh, glued to Curry when he was playing earlier in the game. They were going around the screens and they were two seconds late, three seconds late. And that they can't give the Warriors any breathing room off of those screens to be able to shoot the ball. They weren't switching in game two. They weren't rotating, which allowed Jermichael Green to have all those wide open threes to let Clay Thompson get those seconds of breathing room. Steph Curry, they really changed that in game three, which is incredible because the Warriors can't really look at film and, and prepare for that. They'll lose if the Lakers play like they did last game. Again, that's contingent upon Anthony Davis. And we know what happens on the on the game after he plays well. So it's going to be about the other guys leading them to victory in game in the rest of the series, as well as Anthony Davis. But Davis was closing out. 
they had Vanderbilt coming over the screens. They didn't originally have him on Curry, and he was able to switch on to Curry and Clay and use his length to really contest shots. They weren't letting guys get wide open threes. There's really nothing Steve Kerr can game plan against that. If the Lakers are doing that, they're going to have a really good chance to win the series and possibly win the championship if they do that. Again, Arash, same problem as it's been all year, consistency. Can they do this two games in a row? I have a feeling this is going to be a very close game. Um, I don't think this is going to be that dominant 30-point win that we saw last game. I think the Warriors know that this is a big game. They'll come out slinging the Lakers. We know when they're up in a series kind of, coast a little bit in the beginning um so i do expect them to be down and we'll we'll see what happens if they can win this game and win the series but it's going to be about that defense and that switchability hopefully ham can continue to make those adjustments and lonnie walker by the way you guys can attest to that great seeing him get minutes because he's a very switchable quick guard jake how how long were you in europe for because i i'd love to get a sense of where the lakers were back then i can't imagine you uh, trying hard to watch their games. I mean, because the product was so bad. I mean, it was really a, an extension of the pre- previous year. Again, at the trade deadline, below 500, not in the 10, 10 seed, not in the play-in tournament. Once again, what, what, again, so how long were you gone for? And what was the turning point where you're like, I got to find a way to watch these games now? I, I was in Europe for four months. I flew out on January 9th. So, so it's been, it's been quite the turnaround since I've been gone, but I remember I was sitting, the turnaround for me was when we traded for, um, traded for D'Lo yeah. because it just felt like there was like all the Kyrie stuff and like, it would have been great to have three guys, but that, who knows what the rest of the roster would have looked like. And you, I mean, this team, the one thing that's different about this team that would have been, you know, a glaring hole with, with the Kyrie acquisition is the depth. Um, this team goes seven, eight deep very easily. Um, but when, when they, when they acquired D'Lo and it kind of seemed like a pretty seamless transition, I know he talked about it in his post-game comments after game three, that the rhythm that the, the three of them have, you know, AD, D'Lo and LeBron kind of came quicker than he expected. He figured they need to have more games, um, together, but it's been, you know, it, I, I've been up at 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. for the last couple, you know, month and a half watching these games because it's just a fun team to watch. It looks like they're having more, I mean, they're clearly having more fun, um, they go out there every night and they expect to win. Um, I was going to bring up the same defensive adjustment that Brandon brought up, you know, between game two and three and game two, you know, everyone's AD just looked lost on defense. And, and in game three, you know, Darvin Ham made the switch, putting Jared Vanderbilt on, on Draymond and Austin Reeves on, on, a uh, on Steph moving AD over to Jermichael Green, because then they can switch any St- uh, Steph Draymond screen. And if they want to get AD in that mix, it forces them to involve Jermichael Green in the offense. Um, so, you know, Brandon Brandon nailed it with that and, and with the fact that AD just needs to show up. It's been this weird alternate game thing, um, which you know I'm not really gonna buy into. It I don't I don't think there's anything really there other than just you know off days. Um, but he needs he needs to figure it out. You know, going going to Golden State up three one opposed to two two is is huge. GA, you know where where we live. Um, that's why I was kind of hoping the Kings would go on a run here because there's nothing like the South Bay when the Kings are doing their thing that being said um you know we haven't seen this in quite some time 2020 obviously the pandemic 2010 was such a long time ago what have you seen i mean a tell me what you've seen with the team but i just feel uh, i've seen car flags now for the first time in 10 years i've seen people get around this team because they really believe 
wow, we have a chance. And there's like an appreciation when you've gone through as bad as it was last season and as bad as it was for the first half of this season, this run has come out of nowhere. Yeah, this was really, really disappointing, especially considering the young talent that the Kings had. Um, I mean, that's another reason why hockey is so great, though. There's no such thing as parody. There's no such thing really, truly as a favorite, right? So, I mean, anybody can kind of go on a roll and, um, and, and, and make, you know, a run, um, which again is great in hockey. Um, as far as what the Kings are concerned, the support is great. The support is still out there, especially where we live. Um, the support's awesome. Um, as far as like how, how far they're going to go. I mean, I think they're going to have to look, um, really maybe deep dive into their, uh, their goalie options and see how, um, maybe they can interchange that. I'm not saying that to get rid of who they have, I think who they have is great, but um, maybe shift around some players as well. But G, um, real, real quick, what's it like with the Lakers, though? I, I guess I was saying it would it would have uh, been great if the Kings were doing this with the Lakers, but with the Lakers going on this, yeah. run, what is the vibe now like? Just around uh, town, I, I mean, mean, you know, it's. it's Please, it's Bandwagon City. There we go. <laughs> everybody's a Laker fan. Everybody's, everybody's a Laker fan when when the Lakers start winning. So it's ne- never been, you know, um, you you have your realistic fans trickled here and there, but for the most for the most part, it is uh, Bandwagon City for sure for the Lakers. It's go Lakers go. So, um, but I mean, realistically, I mean, I I think that they're still. They're still an extremely viable team, especially after um, what Jake said with that um, D'Angelo trade. I, that that kind of shifted everything, right? Yeah. Um, so I was talking to some bookmakers, and the reason that the Lakers are right behind the Celtics now isn't because they are necessarily the favorites to win the West. There's liabilities involved here. So, uh, you know, if the Nuggets were to face the Lakers, for example, the Nuggets would be slight favorites. Still on the futures board, the Lakers are right behind the Celtics. And how amazing would that be, guys? Lakers, Celtics. I I, I would not have seen that coming. Um, Before we go to break, Armani Buckets, I will go to you. Highlight of that Nuggets Suns game yesterday is Nikola Jokic going, uh, going for a loose ball, and um, getting tangled up with uh, who he thought was the fan, not quite a fan. The the Suns owner, and by the way, uh, the flop of the postseason. I would, uh, I would <laughs> dare say, uh, your thoughts on that? I, I mean, it happened. It was an incident that happened. It was bizarre in the moment but i hope that it doesn't translate into him being suspended because this series is all about the star power and as a casual as a neutral fan of that series you would hate to see that you know a player of Jokic's caliber coming off the game that he just had where he was just maybe the most incredible i've ever seen him with 53 points i hope he doesn't get suspended because it didn't feel like he did enough I guess by the letter of the law, if you want to be technical, you can suspend him. But I just I hope that that's not the the route that they go to. And by the way, if the Suns somehow do end up making a run to the finals or even winning the finals, what we're seeing from Devin Booker, yeah. we talk about Kawhi Leonard's postseason run. We talk about Dirk Nowitzki's. We've talked about LeBron's um, in 2018. This might top them all. I don't think they're going to win the championship. 
But the way that Booker is playing offensively is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I really do believe that. Jake, uh, your thoughts? I mean, where where did that? Here's the thing: he's been one of the best players in the league. The way he's playing right now, he's making a case for the best player this postseason, which is obviously saying a ton. I mean, this is super duper superstar stuff we're seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, especially without um, without Chris Paul on the floor to kind of he has to be a little bit more ball dominant, and he has no issue creating for himself. Um, he's just not missing shots. Like it's simple as that. It's it's something that I haven't seen out of a two guard in this league since since Kobe. It's 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 been unbelievable to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Been, I mean, yeah. Gee, I mean, I, dare dare I dare I say it that maybe he should be his replacement, so to speak. Chris Paul's replacement. I mean, well, this yeah, Chris is, yeah. Well, Chris is already kind of on the back nine, and we'll see what yeah. the future holds for him. But Devin Booker. I mean, no matter how this postseason ends for the Suns, I, I do think that Denver finds a way to win that that tandem of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Um, hard to top that. All right. Let's uh, let's head to a break right now. Let's 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 leave it right there. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Lakers, more about the Warriors, and another rivalry was kind of renewed uh, this past weekend in San Diego, the Dodgers and the Padres. We'll talk about that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bets in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. In lieu of going out to the Circus Sports guest hotline, I'm going to be talking about some Circus Sports lines right now. The biggest line, futures in the National Basketball Association. The Celtics, number one, right behind them. The Lakers, Armani Buckets, I'll start with you. I, I, I explained before the break why the Lakers are two. Uh, talked to a bookmaker yesterday. He said, listen, if the, if, if the Nuggets and the Lakers were to meet, the Nuggets would be the slight favor. But on the futures market, we're still going to – have the Lakers at number two. Um, your thoughts there? I mean, again, the Celtics Sixers series that that was an amazing uh, game four. That that one's tied up at two games apiece. Your thoughts? Who is your pick to win it all? And do you like the futures market right now? So I'm sorry. Even after the Celtics lost, they're still number one. They're still number correct? one. Yeah, because okay. they're not. Yeah, it's, the series is two two. So yeah. So here's how I would put it. I would be shocked 
if the New York Knicks won the title. Besides the Knicks, okay. you, could talk, you, you could talk me into any of the seven other teams. And that uh, wasn't meant as a dig at the Knicks. I just think that the other seven are in a different different stratosphere right now. And if I was to pick right now, I'm, I'm sticking with the defending champs. I think the Warriors come back, win this series, and go all the way. Brandon is shaking his head. I understand. <laughs> But listen, I could see any of the other seven winning, and I know that's kind of a cop-out, but that's what parody does. I think that this is the most parody that I can remember in, in my in my lifetime. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Something I'll add, too, is that dog on Twitter. Yeah, Jake knows the dog <laughs> on Twitter. 3-1 Lakers, and then he then he had the dog blowing the 3-1 lead. I hope that, that won't happen, but what I'm they hoping call it is. Air I don't know. Corgi? I think they call him Air Corgi. I don't know. like that. <laughs> But I wanted to also bring up these stats from Anthony Davis, which is pretty crazy yeah. def- defensively. 5.3% block percentage of opposing players' shot attempts. That's in the 100th percentile, the top in the NBA postseason. Obviously, that goes into why he's leading the playoffs in blocks. 1.6% steal percentage, which is pretty ridiculous. Only a 2.4% foul percentage. So he's not fouling guys as much, and he's he's stealing a lot. And he, look, I mean, this is this is crazy. And we got LeBron, who's in the 65th percentile of block percentage uh, and not fouling guys either, 97th percentile, only 2.2%. So LeBron and Davis, you know, in that 2020 run, it was a lot about their offense. I know Davis was great defensively. LeBron has been playing elite defense in the postseason. I think that's what's taken this team a lot of time. And his, in his, I feel like LeBron is the most unselfish superstar of all time on the court. At least off the court, you could say what you want about him. I love him as a person. Some people say he's an egomaniac. Doesn't matter what you think, but on the court, he's unselfish, right? He didn't even shoot the ball until the second half, really, or this end of the second quarter, maybe beginning of the second quarter. He's getting guys open. He's playing defense. That is what's pushing this Lakers team over the edge. And I just wanted to bring up those stats on the defense because Davis is also drawing fouls you know, in the 73rd percentile. Uh, James needs to do a little bit better. He's 36 percentile, so he's not getting to the line enough. That's something I want to see in this game, for sure. Shouldn't they? Shouldn't these two be this dominant though? I mean, these are your two best players. I'm not saying that like they should have these stats every single game by any means, but shouldn't they be this dominant? Is I mean, it just LeBron, the expectation. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Davis was dominant all all year defensively when he was yeah. healthy, but LeBron was not hasn't played defense in years, really, until <laughs> this playoffs. I mean, let's be real. Maybe in the twenty twenty playoffs was the last time we saw LeBron play defense, but he has the ability still to be this elite defender. He's doing a really good job at thirty eight. The way he's moving, the way he's locking up guys. Armand, you can attest to this. You've seen it. I, it's kind of great, and I, he doesn't need to score as much because of it. Yeah, I agree. I want to hear, though, um, who you think is the title favorite. Right now? Yes. Uh, if the Lakers win tonight, it's got to be the Lakers. Wow. That's fair. That's That fair. will be interesting because, again, these odds do change. There wasn't a big shift after the Celtics Sixers series was tied, I think, mainly because Las Vegas expects uh, the Celtics to advance and play the winner of the Knicks Heat series. Jake Futures Market, uh, Celtics in the lead, but really kind of a, a teams are kind of lumped in right now. The Lakers are two. I got to imagine that'll change if golden state wins tonight. Who do you like? 
Um, I really, I, I, I'm hesitant, but I, I really like Boston. I <laughs> yeah. just, I don't, I don't want Brandon to roll his eyes at me, but, um, <laughs> I think, I think whoever comes out of the West is going to be really beat up after the series they're in now and whatever the Western conference final looks like. I, I, I figure Boston's going to figure a way to get out of this Philly series and, and whoever comes out of that Knicks Miami series, I feel like is a much easier matchup on Boston than whatever, you know, the Nuggets or Suns would be for the Lakers and the Warriors, vice versa. Um, and I, I mean, Boston's Boston's been there before. They were there last year. They were very close. I think I think that group is meshed very well together. I think you know, I think they need to get Jalen Brown um, a little bit more involved later in the games. Um, it's kind of just been Tatum trying to figure it out on his own, which has gotten them you know this far. Um, but I, I, if I was putting money on anyone, I'd probably put money on Boston. I know they're the favorite. It's kind Missoula's of, their kind worst kind enemy, lame, though. But <laughs> yeah, oh, Missoula's their worst enemy. They should have the they should have the Sixers in Cancun already if Ime was the coach. Oh my god! Uh, hey, I, mean, I can't say enough least, about Ime. Well, he's back in the league. I mean, he's such a good coach that he got through all yep. that and within a year. It wasn't even a calendar here. He's back in the league, so we'll see that all play out against. Want to go back to the playoffs, but now that we have Jake here. You, Brandon, as well. You know, going into this season, there was a lot of talk that the Dodgers are kind of, they're not going for it this season. Not that they're going to be bad, but, you know, there was no splashy pickup. They, they, they lost a lot of key guys, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger. Uh, you know, they, 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 they kind of hit the pause on going after the blockbuster uh, guys. Again, the youth movement is completely there, but I think we're now seeing how great a lot of these young players are the team that did go for it. The team that said we are going to be contenders. All of our chips are at the center of the table. Were are the San Diego Padres as we sit here today, following their first series of the season. The Dodgers are in first place in the West, twenty-one fourteen. The, the sorry, the the, the 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 Diamondbacks number two. The Padres right above five hundred at eighteen and seventeen. Jake, I'll start with you. I mean. Your thoughts on the, the Dodgers this season, and at the end of the season, I mean, are, are you still confident that the Padres will figure things out? Yeah, I mean, I was the biggest hammer the Dodger win total under person in the world. I mean, it's just a much different look team than we've seen for the last decade, um, you know, starting three rookies, essentially, and Miguel Vargas, James Outman, and, um, and Michael Bush has been in there a little bit, and guys like Jason Hayward and Miguel Rojas, who have kind of been just trying to find their way in the league for the last couple of years. Like, it's a very different looking team. Uh, it's good. Will Smith was out for a little bit. He's He came back. Um I'm going to say right now, I would be very surprised if we get through this summer without there a trade, without a trade taking place between the Dodgers and the White Sox, because the White Sox are going to, the White Sox are terrible. Wow. Um, and they are going to fire sale at some point. Um, Tim Anderson's a guy that, that's been rumored that would make a lot of sense. Um, Lucas Giolito is another guy that they're not planning on bringing back and someone's going to take a flyer on him, even though his, his numbers haven't been great this year. Southern California kid, Harvard Westlake High School, that would make a lot of sense. Um, so I think there's a lot of pieces there that, you know, they're not going to go into the playoffs with with what their roster looks like now. I'd be very surprised. Um, I also think these rookies are going to find their footing. I think, you know, Gavin Stone was called up last week, had one start against Philly, did not go very well. Um, but he's going to get another crack at the rotation. I think he he could be very special. Dustin May is finally starting to, you know, locate pitches. He was having control issues at the beginning of the year, um, looked very sharp in his uh 
his outing against San Diego, but there, this, the offense just isn't string, uh, stringing hits together right now and manufacturing runs. Even, you know, the two wins against the Padres in San Diego, um, Chris Taylor hit a big home run in one game is the only way they scored runs. And then yesterday, Mookie Betts obviously tied the game with a homer in the ninth and James Altman hit another in the 10th. Um, but they gotta, they gotta work on, you know, just, just figuring out the little kinks, whether it's stringing hits together, getting their guys healthy. Tony Gonsolin starts tonight, making his third start of the year. He's still only about an 80 pitch guy, hasn't got through five innings yet. Um, but they'll figure it out. It's still very, very early. You know, guys are going to get hurt or guys are going to get called up. There's going to be trades made. So, so I, I, I think they'll figure it out. And, you know, baseball, pitching wins. And if you go into the playoffs with, with Arias, Dustin May, and, you know, Kershaw is having a, f- a phenomenal year. Um, and I expect them to pick an arm up. So, so it'll be interesting to see, but I, I have confidence in this team for sure. And Jake, uh, you know, you hit it right on the money. It's going to be about pitching, right? And that was my biggest, it's still my biggest concern as good as they've been for the Dodgers. Uh, Vasilla is, you know, what can you do, right? Phillips has been good when he's healthy and, you know, Urias has been good. May's been good. Interested to see what Bobby Miller can bring to this team later when we get to August and September, because that could be the difference maker for this Dodgers team. I do expect them. I think we all expected them early on this season not to win the World Series, but they're going to get a wild card at the very least. I mean, I think we all know that. Uh, I still think San Diego is going to win the division. I like their lineup too much, and no one's performing in that lineup right now, which is crazy. Machado and Soto have been really abysmal. I mean, they should turn it around. Soto's been... You know, he walks a lot, but his average has been down for over a year now, Jake. The Dodgers lineup's impressing me a lot. I know you could say it's overachieving, quote-unquote, because Muncie is, you know, great. And we know he'll revert to the norm at least a little bit. He'll strike out a ton and maybe not have as many dingers. Outman, huge find. They just develop guys so well. So you can't really ever count out the Dodgers. Their player development is excellent. I know Stone got rocked in his first start. He was sent down, but he'll be good. Um, you know, they'll bring him up. He'll get some starts. And man, what I saw from May against Snell the other night, that was a pitcher's duel. Snell's been starting to figure it out. He's been pitching better. May outshined him. I can't say enough about the Dodgers. Angels, on the other hand, they were leading the division until Wait, this weekend. Hold and- up. I, I do have to, to touch on that because, listen, I know your standards are very high. This being said, they are going up. Uh, they're, they, they're beginning their series at home against Houston. Houston, by the way, you, can, you guys can touch on this. 17 and 17, a 500 team. Three and a half back. Texas in first place, but the Los Angeles Angels, Brandon, two games back, 19 and 16. They're in the thick of things right now. Your thoughts on them? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'll say is they swept the Cardinals. Jake, uh, our futures Cardinals fed not looking great right now. So, so beyond dead. (laughs) So beyond dead. There was not, by the way, there was not a point in Yadier Molina's like 13 year career or however long it was that the Cardinals were 13 games under 500 at any point. Like, and he hasn't been good for the last like three or four years offensively. He's provided absolutely nothing, and he leaves, and this entire team just can goes, call games. Goes the now, Flaherty, Flaherty can't pitch. You know, they're 10 and 24. Arenado can't hit all of a sudden. I mean, it's yeah, crazy. You can, you uh, can throw but, that money down the drain. <laughs> exactly. But what I will say about the Angels is they swept them. Not a surprise. The Angels have a good lineup. I mean, the Rangers just have a much better lineup, and I think we saw that uh, this series this weekend. Even without Corey Seager, I mean, they were just. Wrote, just killing the Angels, every single pitcher. Again, the Angels' biggest problem, they have three things that hinder them. Their relief pitching's been okay, but Tucker Davidson, they have a few guys at weak links. Tucker Davidson gave up seven earned in an inning. 
Suarez, Silset, you know, they're young, but they're terrible pitchers at the MLB level. Maybe they're 4A guys. Suarez is the worst pitcher in baseball, in my opinion. I don't know why he's in the league, but what can you do? Um, you know, 16 to 8, they lost. The Rangers are just a wagon right now. They don't have relief pitching, but the Rangers are really good. The Angels always lose to the Astros, so I do expect them to <laughs> continue to be what I think they are, a 500 team. I don't expect any more, any less. Do think they lose at least two out of three against the the Astros, though they don't have enough pitching, and their lineup is streaky. It really is. I mean, Trout is the streakiest hitter in baseball. Same with Otani. Am I wrong, Jake? No, like one of them. No, but I think I think the AL West is is quietly you know has the possibility to be one of the most interesting divisions in baseball for the rest of the year. Just because for the last for the last you know five six years it's been kind of a foregone conclusion that the Astros will find a way to finish at the top. Um, and you know the Mariners. The Mariners are young. They're exciting. They're starting. They're, you know they're starting to figure it out. Made the playoffs last year. Won a playoff series. Um, you know the Rangers are, are hot as can be right now. I feel like what is it May eighth? I feel like we always talk about how the Angels are kind of in it right now, and this <laughs> may be the year where they figure it out. Um, but it'll it'll be interesting. You know they just got to stay healthy. I, I like I like what they got going on it um, um, with the rotation. I, I have faith in Patrick Sandoval. I have faith in Reed Detmers. Um, but they just they got to stay healthy and they got to figure it out. Rendon swung the bat well this weekend, so if the, if he can, yeah, can kind of get it going, that would be that would be great. But um, highest paid singles hitter of all time, thirty five mil. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know the Angels, the Angels just need to do this at a, at a consistent rate, which they've struggled to do over the last couple of years. But you know we talk about them every year. The they have the pieces, and you know if they put together with they have the two best players in baseball, in my opinion. So you know. It, they're always fun to watch, but I, until until the seventh inning rolls around, I want to get everyone's thoughts on this, and you don't have to follow the league to to chime in. So the Padres got a lot of grief from the Dodger fans because after they won first game of the series on the big uh, jumbotron on the scoreboard, they had this emoji of a crying Clayton Kershaw, and a lot of the Dodger fans are like, "This is you know a small town." Uh, b- baseball, the Dodgers would not do that. The Yankees would not do that. I mean, of course the thing is the Padres have not won a World Series before so this is a big moment for them um bear or not Jake I'll start with you or Ronnie Buck is chime in as well Jihei I mean a lot of Dodger fans and Jake I'd be curious to see if you were kind of in this boat uh they took exception to them having a uh crying Clayton Kershaw there yeah I mean I it didn't really bother me it just kind of validated what i already thought about the padres as an organization <laughs> um I, I just don't i don't think like it is very cliche like oh the dodgers wouldn't do this the giants wouldn't do this like in these like respected rivalries whether it's cardinals cubs yankees red sox like you would never see that happen um but i mean it is what it is like they've they've never won anything my favorite thing in the world is when padres fans try to talk about the dodgers mickey mouse ring and then i just throw back the clip on twitter of literally a party in the streets in san diego when they won when they won a wild card series that same year um but yeah i mean there were padres fans tweeting out that picture saying it's the best moment of their life and i i I believe them i got nothing else so i mean it didn't it didn't really bother me clayton said clayton's response was i mean exactly what i thought it would be which is if you you know you don't want to see it pitch better if we would have won the game that wouldn't have happened um so I don't, I don't really think it's bothering anyone. They, they asked Dave Roberts about it yesterday, and he said that he wasn't allowed to really talk about it, which I'm not really sure why. <laughs> I don't really know. He right? said what he was allowed to say was limited, so I don't really That's... understand that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was, I, I didn't really care. There were things circling on Twitter that like, like fake things where they put the press release of Tatis being suspended for PEDs up on the Jumbotron at Dodger Stadium. And they were like, oh, well, the Dodgers did this. And we're like, that just that that didn't happen. happen. Yeah. That didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't really care. Armani Buckets, you like to talk trash. And then I'll go to DJ. <laughs> uh, is this fair or not fair? I mean, it's fair, but it's it's corny. It seems corny. And I feel like we've seen this in, in the NBA. I, I was trying to think of where it happened. Uh, somebody did this in the NBA this season where it was somebody's face crying or something. I wish I could remember. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with what Jake said. It's It's like, you know, no shade towards the Padres, but, you know, teams that have been there, done that, it feels like they don't typically resort to those kinds of things so i it kind of gives you the impression that they're trying to rile up the dodgers and the dodgers i don't think it's going to work so i wouldn't do it if i was in charge of the jumbotron myself (laughs) it also surprised me that they used this bullet in the regular season game in may like the dodgers and padres are going to be playing competitive games in september (laughs) in august and potentially in october and you like Uh. you can't you can't top that like if you do it again it just looks even stupider it just surprised yeah. me that they they wasted this bullet now. Yeah, I'm 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 with Jake. I could care less. Like, <laughs> just you know what? Be better, San Diego. Start start winning. Start winning rings. Start winning titles. We'll figure it out from there. I just be better. I I, I got nothing on this. I don't care. <laughs> Brandon, unmute yourself and chime yeah. in, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have no, I have no words on that. Maybe he was on mute because he was just like, what, what, this is news. Like, I don't think there's, there's a, I mean, like, come on, the Padres can't stop, win a ring, you know, like, come on, like, the okay, last time yeah. they went to the World Series, they were swept, right? That was Trevor Hoffman, Yankees yeah. beat him. Yeah. All yeah. right, guys, uh, before we close out tonight, again, Lakers, Warriors tonight, um, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm being this sort of, like, like expecting the worst, hoping for the best. So I'm I'm predicting a Warriors um, win to, tonight. I, I do think this is going to be a long series. I think it'll be seven. Uh, real quick, go around the horn. Brandon, who wins tonight? Lakers. There we go. It'll be All close. Right. It'll be close. LeBron masterclass. He has that one game in him. It's going to be similar to the Memphis game for Jake. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lakers. Give me, give me a 25 from D'Lo. I'll go 111-104. Take the oh, under. There we go. Our money buckets. I got Golden State responding. Of course you do. <laughs> Warriors in seven. Oh, there we go. Hey Wiley. I know this is going to be weird to hear. Lakers in seven, guys. Lakers for the game. Yeah, mind. I will take Lakers for this game for sure. Um, especially I'm, after that performance last, last night. Or last for what it's it worth. Go to seven. For what it's worth, I'm pretty sure the dog on Twitter has the Warriors. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Listen, if the Lakers do find a way tonight, my goodness, here, 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 here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start feeling it one win away from the Western Conference Finals. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll see what happens tonight, and we'll be back here tomorrow to uh, talk to you guys about it. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. Stay West side, West side.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.